Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. This is Aisha Elliott, and you are listening to Black Girl from Eugene. Uh, it has been a minute, people. I'm so happy to be back and so happy to be talking to you. I'm hoping that my uh, reception stays well. Of course, as always, and first and foremost, my Patreons, uh, thank you so much for supporting me by $5, $10, a donation each uh, month um, without fail, and it keeps this podcast going. And so I really appreciate your ongoing support and some of you for over a year now. Um, so thank you so much, truly and dearly from the bottom of my heart. I uh, appreciate your steadfast uh, commitment to my to learning from my journey and to hearing about it um, with an open heart. If anyone would uh, like to become a Patreon, please uh, see the link at the bottom of the show notes. And if you're listening to this on the radio, um, you can always message me and I will give you uh, the information. And you can find me at Black Girl from Eugene on Instagram. Okay, so I have, since I've talked to you last, so much stuff. Um, I'm actually coming to you from Costa Rica and in Central America, and I now live here. So I know I have talked about it, and I know I have alluded to the inevitable. Um, And it's pretty amazing to be back. And of course, I've only been here for about two weeks now. So um, let me give you a little throwback history on it. My parents lived here for like 30 years, and last year when my mother passed, my parents moved back um, to the United States, and then she passed. And um, I felt the need, a deep drive to have a family connection to this country and to have kind of an escape route of the United States for the rest of my family. We've always had it, I mean, you know, for the past 30 years, a kind of a safe haven to go to. So um, within that year, I've decided that I need to go. And there was no really real reason that was holding me back. My youngest daughter was graduating high school and um, the time was now. So I went ahead and did the jump. And along with me, I have my three grandchildren who are five and then identical twins who are two and a half. So I think that starts to tell you just how much of a fighter I am for what I believe in to be true. And um, someone said that to me as we were saying goodbye. She said, I've never seen someone, someone, someone fight so hard. Um, and it hit me really at my core because I do. You put your back against the wall and I will fight all the way out. Um, and some... Oh, I don't know if you can hear that, but that's thunder. Um, Some might not understand what it means to have your back against the wall in that way. And some of you might understand exactly what I mean to have your back against the wall. Um, and And as much as I love and hate the United States... You know, it's it's sitting back, and it's only been two weeks. Like I said, I'm still very much not unpacked. Um, the kids have, you know, gotten enrolled and, and registered into school, and they're, they're off into school. And um, it's just the immediate differences that quiet your nervous system is what is, even in the middle of trauma, that you that people sometimes become addicted to, the trauma... Um, the need to fight, the idea that there will be a fight, that it's almost always like, yeah, we're up against this. And 
that arms, that bared arms, is not for nothing. I mean, the United States comes 100% to its calling when it comes to violence and it comes to prosecution and it comes to blame um, and finger pointing and not really collective healing. So just in two weeks, my nervous system, um, while stressing about moving and getting here and getting into a home, was still more evident that it was me stressing rather than the environment stressing me out. Um, and the environment was so has been so um, directly opposite of that. I've had to like see myself d- just this quickly within two weeks to see, wow, um, you know, you can maintain a vibration even when the vibration, even when the surrounding is not vibrating that way um, because it's been so internalized. Uh, so, so my environmental stress has gone way, way down. And so I'm able to kind of look back and look at um, a lot of scenarios, a lot of circumstances. Watching the United States, even for just two weeks from a distance, is wild. Um, people asking me, why did you leave the United States? Oh, you know, what's going on? And then, you know, as soon as I say, you know, as a black woman, the United States isn't, isn't safe, they all go, oh, yeah, no, I know, I know, totally. I agree. Yeah, we're so glad you're here. We're so glad you're safe. You know, and that is just wild to hear that from a distance, people are like, yeah, I know for black people, this is, you guys are like under fire and we see you and, and we hear it and it's terrible. You know, um, it's just interesting, right? It's just in, without, with lack of better words, it's just fascinating to kind of um, watch where their, their idea of racism just is entirely different. Um, the classism here seems to be more of a situation than actual racism, but racism is actually here too. Don't don't get me wrong. Um, it's just not to the degree that it is uh, in um, in the United States, which most people know. The violence of racism in the United States is absolutely off the charts and and really off the chain, and and something that it maintains and and rebo- is reborn reborn constantly and. It literally flabbergasts people watching from afar. Um, I guess I've just been notified that the Queen of Queen Elizabeth died today, ninety six years old. And you know, there's so many people who are like, "Wow, she died! This is incredible! This is wild! This is like so sad!" And then like there's other people who are like, "Fuck the Queen!" Right? Um, and I don't have an opinion he- here, neither here nor there. Um, I do know the atrocities that she had under her hand, and I also uh, know the time and history in which she ruled and was present. Um, so, and I and I am aware of allegations of really dark and horrible things. So I don't try to spend my energy on um, pump, like pontificating on shit that doesn't bother or doesn't matter to me (laughs) and her presence just really didn't um so I just wanted to mark that today was that day and um it's an auspicious day for folks who give a damn about astrology and and all those things it's interesting to see that today was the day um anyway back to the the night the the subject at hand here so uh, I am on just basically trying to, to give a hello, a shout out, um, a recognition to the times that are here. I guess in, um, we're headed into fall uh, in the States and kids are going back to school. And of course, the 
following on Facebook or on Instagram, you have everyone's children's pictures returning back to kindergarten or first time in kindergarten, senior year. And it's so incredible. And, and, and also, you know, I wonder sometimes that the cognitive dissonance that we utilize in order to get by through the day is something that we have normalized in such a way that it's, it's considered rude to call out. Um, I love seeing all the pictures. I love seeing the seniors and the in the kinders and uh, everyone in between and the growth of all the children that I've been watching over the years. Um, and then I wondered, like, too, that of course we never want to spoil the the spoil the event. And at the same time, gun violence in schools is is horrific right now and has not been solved and or even talked about in a real way that, that has a solution. The solution was bulletproof fat, uh, bulletproof backpacks. Are you kidding me with this? Like, I just don't understand um, how we, as people of the United States, have somehow have distanced ourselves from the power that be and understand that the power that be is something other than ourselves and that we don't have options, or at least we don't see ourselves as having options of buying into the system in a way that doesn't give us any choices. You know, we can choose, you know, very uh, not to take to send our children to school. Some of us can, and then there's other people who are very, very dependent on the fact childcare and, and schools to watch our children so that we can go to work and pay rent and um, and try to recover from, from um, from all of the uh, pandemic. So it's like you almost have your back against the wall and the, and the wall being our system and our government's not giving us anything back. Like what are we getting back for the fear that, they're, that they are not protecting us from? And I don't like to say, oh, the NRA and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I mean, clearly, duh. But really it's just about capitalism and money. And if you've got it, you're safe. If you don't, you're screwed. And it's... I hate to be like fatalistic because I don't like, I'm not someone who wants to go either or. It's a very white supremacist centered way of thinking. But when you're dealing with white supremacy, that is what they work in. Knowing that their options are absolutely not this and or that, there's so much in between. And not being able to have the ability to explore what other options we could do as a society is just baffling to me. It's just so um it's so oppressive even for folks of privileged backgrounds who just say well it is what it is or it's always been this way that's an oppressive mindset that mindset you know that is an oppressive mindset and i think that sometimes people of privilege don't understand just how blind the privilege has made them right um, and so that's another thing I'm noticing, uh, just in the differences of being here and being there, that um, it was wild because when I lived here before, like years ago, they didn't have a system for uh, families who didn't have like a husband or a, um, a two-parent household. They didn't have like a grandma or a grandpa or someone in the house with them to help with the kids. Back in the day, they, that just wasn't a reality here. Like that's just what life was. And now... They have more people coming from Nicaragua due to war and different war-torn countries and different circumstances. And the government has now created um, after-school programs and ways to try to assist in these families. And it was like a a direct response to the people versus to the money. Um, For instance, like I have 
I they know that I'm a single grandmother in with my grandkids here. And all of a sudden, I have like three women who come by to help me in my house. And um, I'm not really asking like, you know, other people are just like, hey, we're just here to help you. And we're here to unpack your things and we're here to do all this. And culturally, that's not something unusual. Um, but for me, I was like, oh, my God, like I just planned on suffering through because what would it look like to build community when I don't I'm not even from here? Right. I barely speak Spanish. I mean, I'm doing OK. But I definitely am pulling out my translator like on a regular for complicated situations. And what do they do? The majority of the people struggle with me. They struggle in their English and I struggle in my Spanish. Or we both try to struggle with the translator. Very few people um, look at me like, oh, I can't speak to you because you don't speak uh, Spanish. Now, don't get me wrong. There are people like that, just like there are in the United States. You don't speak English. I don't want to talk to you. But the, the majority of the people here are just not like that. They literally are like, what can we do to help you? And it's not even what can we do. It's more like we brought you food. We brought you coffee. We brought you someone to clean your your um, floors. Like, this is what we do. Welcome to Costa Rica. Welcome to our neighborhood. Welcome to our family. Um, and it was just such a shocking um, uh, realization that uh, even when my parents lived here, I, they, I, it was always present to me, but for some reason I thought that they had like went out and kind of, it was like this, this um, a different system, a different way of that, that that help came about. Um, and it's not, you know, it's not. And, I, and my parents haven't lived here for over a year. They lived here for 30 years, like I said. But when I moved here, um, a friend of the family's uh, contacted me with this other woman who then was like, hey, I think I know your dad. And I was like, nah, we live on two different sides of the mountain. And I'm like, wow, this little mountain is very big, but it's really small. And they were laughing because they're like, yeah, we know your parents and we're really sorry about your mother. And we were talking a story about, you know, um, friends of their, of theirs from the United States that had come and different things. And so it just was like, while we're sitting around the table having coffee, and it's just was something that is so difficult to achieve without the thought of of someone wanting something from you in uh, in where I'm where I normally come from, like within the United States, especially the West Coast. It's like it's just so hard to be authentically um, vulnerable and to be authentically open to someone else's experience that doesn't reflect yours. Right, just to open and expect and accept it. So I'm I'm just viewing it, right? I'm just looking at it, just trying to see my experience in the middle of it. Driving these small little ass roads to go get my kids and pick them back up, and looking at all the fields, a coffee fields, and these big mountains, and just being like, whoa, this is wild um, that we're living in the same time that I can call my daughter and I can in the East Coast and I can call my other daughter on the West Coast and my son on the West Coast and we just have such different realities. I mean, obviously, of course, the world is so big and also the world is so small. Um, and the thing about it is that the people in it are, we are the same. Like, it's just the same. We are all worried about the same things. We're all thinking about the same things. Um, it's our view, our lens is just, it has just been, um, tainted with so much trauma. It's just been so um, painted with fear that it's hard to recognize when you come to a country like this, that that is not their lens. They do not see you that way, right? I mean, 
they recognize the stories of the United States, but they, they really see where you come from and they meet you where you're at. Um, and it's just, it just seems so beautiful and so simple. Uh, and, and so, so, so simple. So anyway, I wanted to share that with you all. I'm also like reflecting and looking back at all the, um, the notoriety around uh, Serena and her retirement and just how ridiculously um, amazing she is. And, and at the same time, just her conflict of like playing the game and, and being a mother and wanting to do all of the things um, and to know that, you know, she is a person who came from very, hu- uh, very, um, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Her, her beginning in Compton, like very humble, right? And I, and you can see in her work ethic and her family dynamics and how, who is with her daughter and who, and how she has that, how she maintains that family structure is humility has never left her, you know, uh, that idea of how we, how we are centered in where we come from never left her. And I, and I'm reflecting on all of these things because of course it's relevant to how you walk through your day. I don't know a lot of people, you know, and it's not, not shaming for anyone who doesn't have a relationship with their mother or doesn't have a relationship with their grandmother or never knew and family uh, dynamics are it's, are so different in the United States, but I think it's I think it's worthwhile to step back and look at um, why why are not personally but structurally uh, systemically why our family structure has suffered so much um, and how does that bleed into our friendships and into our relationships um, you know how does that bleed into how we see each other when we walk down the street you know and it just it just boils i mean trauma it just keeps coming up over and over and over again this is like this this huge um uh distinctual factor of our trained behavior is and it's just sucks i mean <laughs> i don't know how else to say it like it just is the worst that we don't actually spend our day trying to figure out how to heal ourselves and each other i mean you know I, it's just so it's just um, the step for me to move to Costa Rica is one of those steps. It's one of those steps where I have to recognize that I am not okay um, on all of the facets of my life. You know, um, I'm doing better than most. I'm recovered, uh, you know, better than most. There was a time that I couldn't walk, you know, from being beat down by the police. There was a time where, you know, I my son couldn't recognize me. There was a time where, you know, um, I had to rescue my daughter. There was times where trauma clearly is here and I'm here, right? I can walk. My son does recognize me. My daughter is okay. We, we, we made it through. But did we have the opportunity to reflect, to heal, to, to face what happened and sit with it and actually get to be okay with it? You know, did we say, damn, you know, I got to have the moment to, to stop myself and be like, you just went through some heavy shit for like, I don't know, five years straight. Not like once one big thing happened, like several things happened for several years every single month. Are you okay, sis? Are you okay, brother? Like, are you okay? That part of like, you made it through, now stand up and keep going, that's trauma. 
And that expectation uh, from white supremacy is also an oppressive mindset. It's violence. And we have to recognize when someone says, I can't do this right now. I need two weeks. That shit is strength. That right there is where that's goals. Okay, that's recognition. That's recognition in yourself and others. That's recognition in boundaries. That's that's self care. That's self love. That is that is ongoing um, recovery, right? How do we expect us to be whole? How do we expect us to show up completely if we haven't even allowed ourselves to recover and to to reflect and to learn from what just happened to us? I say that collectively from. Uh, you know, as 2020 goes far behind us very quickly, we're moving really fast into 2023. Three years ago, y'all, three years ago, the pandemic hit. Doesn't it feel like yesterday and it also feels like a thousand years? That's trauma, <laughs> right? Like we, we, in order for us to like, oh, everyone go back to work. Everyone go back to school. Everyone just get back right. I'm sorry. What was right? When I had, you know, COVID for a month, right? I wasn't right after that. Most people who had COVID weren't, didn't like, and were real sick or even, you know, substantially sick were, are not the same afterwards, right? Just the fear of, of, of catching COVID and then actually catching COVID. That in itself is something that you have to actually recover from. Like, oh, okay, I made it. Ugh, I, I made it, right? I'm okay, that is, that's something that I think that, you know, um, in microcosms, people are like, yeah, of course we're doing that. But I'm not talking about microcosms, and I'm usually, you know, bouncing back and forth. But systemically, we the people, right? Like, we the people. And I think that if we really talk to each other, we realize that some of us are faking the funk here. And not all of us are about the people. And I think that enough fear about pushing back on the systems in which we with, we uphold by our money, um, we're not actually getting what we need to be sustainable in our own lives, right? You know, how many people of us know who've died before, uh, before 60? That shit is young. 60 years old is not old, right? It's just not. And, and usually, you know, I mean, obviously there's lots of reasons why people can die before 60, but I'm talking about when it comes down to, you know, the problems of stress, the problems of, of um, you know, obesity due to uh, lack of proper nutrition, La- not because you eat too much, because the food that we eat is junk, right? Like not because... Um, uh, you know, we, we eat really healthy, but then the healthy food that we're eating is in soil that it doesn't have nutrients. This shit is real in 2022. I'm just reflecting. I don't want to be a downer to anyone listening. I definitely don't want to discourage. I really want us to like look at each other and be more along the lines of, can I help you? Right? Or how about I have extra tea? I'm going to give you some. If you don't like it, please pass it to someone else, right? That's it. I mean, it's just like giving and loving and just being recognizably human, um, I feel is something that 
I'm really good at not doing. I'm actually super good at white supremacy culture. Like I can kill it at white supremacy culture. I can pull off all the fucking things and do all the things I want to do and all the things I shouldn't be doing. And I can be exhausted. I can go on four hours of sleep and I can still kill my lectures and write my next essay and do and write in my book and take my kids to school and go to soccer practice and make sure I haven't lost, I haven't gained any weight, make sure my hair is twisted just right. I can make sure I see all my girlfriends and all my guy friends and I can call on everybody's birthday and I will never miss a beat. I will never let you know that it hurts. I will never let you know that I'm tired and I will never let you know that your glare as I go to the grocery store really did bother me for like three days. I'm really good at white supremacy culture. And I feel like a lot of us are. I think most of us are. And I think sometimes that we don't recognize that our reflex motions is white supremacy culture. And I'm not talking just to white folks. Obviously, I'm talking to black and brown people too. White supremacy culture, unfortunately, has seeped into what we do and how we do it. And the better we do it, the further we go. It's a problem. It's a problem, and I think we have to recognize it. And I think we have to name it. Just like people say, oh, just name racism. Name white supremacy. Name white supremacy culture. Name the fact that you, your, if your boyfriend thought you're ap- that you don't look good in your natural hair afro, that the, he's hanging on white supremacy culture like anybody else. Right? Like, I feel like we need to start naming it. You know? Um, so anyway, that's my two cents. I hope it... it triggered some thought. I hope it gives some food for thought. It's going to start doing this tropical rain. We're in the rainy season here. Um, it's about to drop some rain on us right now. So I'm going to jump off here because there's no way you're going to be able to hear me after it starts pouring down rain. I love you guys and I will definitely be back uh, next week with some more reflections and thoughts. So have a good week and remember this is Black Girl from Eugene and I'm with you through it. All right, peace.